Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Clocked In with the Press, hosted at Altman Studios here in Brentwood, California. In this show, we highlight members and organizations in the community that we believe deserve your attention. If there is a story to talk about, we plan to cover it. Not everything stated in this podcast is supported by or reflects the beliefs of the press. If you have something to say, let us know on Twitter or Instagram at PressClockedIn or on Facebook at ThePress.net. This is your host, Caitlin Gleason, clocking in. For the story of the day, we are going to be talking about community outreach and participation through an organization called Village Community Resource Center, or VCRC. This organization hosts multiple programs to provide access and aid to the Latino community here in East Contra Costa County. However, before we introduce our guest speaker, let's go over the top stories of the week. Back in July, Governor Gavin Newsom urged a 15% voluntary reduction of water use compared to 2020 levels, and as he recently expanded the state's drought emergency to all 58 counties, he noted the state had achieved only a 5% reduction to date. Data provided by the city of Brentwood shows that per capita water consumption during August and September was 4.1% lower than the same period in 2020. The city saw major reductions in water use in 2015 when usage rates dropped by approximately 40% compared to two. 2013. Since then, usage rebounded to some degree, but still settled well below the 2013 levels. The challenge facing the city is where to go from here. The Contra Costa Water District declared a state one water shortage level in early July. That declaration included a request for a 10% voluntary water use reduction, short of the governor's 15% reduction goal from its 500,000 customers in east and central Contra Costa County. Updates on how the state will continue to handle the water shortage will be released as we hear them from the state. Next, Contra Costa Health Services released the following information about its decision to pre-order thousands of pediatric doses of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine as the county prepares for the federal and state health officials to expand eligibility to kids age 5 through 11. Contra Costa Health Services expects to receive about 20,000 doses of the pediatric version of the Pfizer vaccine for county and partner clinics early this week. Other healthcare providers and pharmacies are also stocking up and getting ready. The health services is also working with education and healthcare partners in the region, including John Muir Health, Kaiser, La Clinica, and Lifelong Medical, to host vaccine clinics at school sites once eligibility expands to younger kids. Next, starting on Friday, November 5th, residents can apply for the First Come, First Served banner program in honor of local veterans. Every year for the past five years, the city of Brentwood has hosted a program in which individuals can pay for a banner with the image of a relative, friend, or resident who served in the military to be hung on lampposts in Veterans Park. The banners, which cost $75 and are given to those who initially purchased them at the end of the display period, are meant to honor and recognize residents who have served in the military. Registration for the banners to be put up in 2022 will open on November 5th and remain open until April 22nd. Those who apply will be able to look forward to seeing their loved ones displayed in Veterans Park on one of the lamp posts. Anyone who was unable to have their banner displayed due to lack of room or too many applications will be waitlisted until the following year. Lastly, in hometown sports, we can take a look at football. With both teams averaging more than 40 points a game in Bay Valley Athletic League play, it seemed likely that the game between Antioch and Liberty on Friday, October 29th, would be a high-scoring contest dominated by the offenses. It turned out to be the exact opposite. The Panthers prevailed in a defensive struggle, defeating the Lions 6-0. While Liberty's offense struggled throughout the game, the Lions did have one chance at the end with a first and goal from the 10-yard line. Lions senior Divian Hill ran for three yards on first down, which was followed by two incomplete passes to set up a fourth down. 
down. Junior quarterback Nate Bell completed a pass to Hill, but the Antioch defense swarmed to bring him down short of the goal line, creating a turnover on downs. The Lions weren't exactly operating at 100% offensively. Bell was injured during Liberty's win over Freedom and didn't start, though he did come in at halftime. That left the Lions not only without their starting quarterback for the first half, but with sophomore Ryan McKendry going under center, Liberty was also playing with its top receiver in another role. Antioch, which is 6-3 overall and a 4-0 in BVAL games, will be on the road to Pittsburgh. The Panthers and Pirates have both likely already done enough to earn a North Coast section playoff spot, but with both teams entering with 4-0 records in league play, the always intense big little game will effectively double as a BVAL championship game. Those were the top weekly stories. Back to the main topic of the day, here to talk with me about the VCRC, its programs, and how you can get involved or help is its program director, Jose Rizzo. Hi, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. So how long have you been working with the VCRC? Uh, I was just taking a look at uh, our online paycheck portal, and it's two years and four months. Okay, so you've been there for a decent amount of time now. Uh, Yeah, uh, long enough to have experienced the VCRC culture before Mm -hmm. the pandemic and Mm -hmm. obviously during. Yeah, so you kind of got that comparison going on a little bit. Yeah. How long has VCRC been in operation? Almost 25 years now Mm. in response to a a deadly shooting on Brentwood Boulevard and and Village Drive there. They opened up as, as a safe space and over the years it's evolved and become something more and more beautiful just with the continued support of the community. Is Brentwood the only location right now? So no, we actually have two locations. We have our location on Village Drive and we have a location in Byron off of uh, Camino Diablo. Mm. But we also offer virtual programming. So we're able to connect with folks in Antioch. I mentioned Brentwood and Byron already in terms of physical locations, but we also have virtual support in Oakley and in Knightson as well. What are some of the main programs that the VCRC offers to members of the community? Well, the one that we're known for most often is our after-school academy. Mm -hmm. So in the after-school academy, we do a great job of serving our kiddos between uh, the grades of TK to fifth grade. We have an amazing team. Super shout out to our after-school academy team, Miss Valerie, Miss Carmen, Miss Elena, Miss Andrea. It became, or rather way back when, it started out as just a safe space for kids to come in and work on activities. Mm Over the years, it's evolved. The current iteration actually has us doing one-to-one tutoring with kids. Oh. So even though we are very limited in terms of how many we can offer this service to, we are able to connect with kids on a daily basis through one-to-one tutoring. So we have all of our, our shields up with the acrylics, masks, the Lysol, all that good stuff. And we've really been experiencing a good success with that. So much so one of our mothers shared an amazing uh, story of one of our after-school academy staff attending a parent meeting with her and it went very different from the previous parent meeting Mm -hmm. where she felt her child was being seen um, in in a very negative manner. Well, once our staff person participated, the the momentum kind of changed and the balance of Mm -hmm. power was a little shifted over towards the child's uh, benefit. And we've been seeing some amazing growth in this little one over uh, the, the last year. So you're saying that the after-school program kind of shifted from being something that parents could take their kids to if they were working a lot to being a program that helps kids keep up in school and kind of form those community connections. That's exactly it. 
you know, I, I think you got it right. It's It's gone beyond just a childcare mm-hmm. and really shifted into wanting to provide a, a balance with the social-emotional development mm-hmm. at the same time helping them with their academics. Mm-hmm. What could we do as VCRC to liken the experience of underprivileged children to that of their more affluent counterparts? Mm-hmm. And we've been really enjoying what that looks like. And aside from the after-school program, which is obviously seasonal to the school year, what are some other potentially seasonal or non-seasonal programs that the VCRC kind of offers to the community? Well, since the pandemic, we've had an amazing response from community asking us to, to get involved and participate in different avenues. So one in particular has to do with our healthcare. Mm-hmm. So for a few years now, the John Muir Mobile Health Clinic has been parking outside of the Brentwood location off of Village Drive every Saturday, connecting free healthcare for people, folks that have no insurance are able to come in, no questions asked and, and be supported. But we really notice and, and especially through the pandemic this need for mental wellness support mm-hmm. so we've opened up opportunities through a partnership with john muir and fred finch to offer free counseling so these services are available to anybody in the community they don't need to have a child participating in our programs they're able to just stop in and and set up their appointments now the counseling services are functioning through telemedicine mm-hmm. so it's all through the virtual environment but Folks are still connecting on a regular basis to that, and it's bilingual service. You mentioned earlier that we do support generally a large portion of our population is Latino-centric, but that's been changing over the years through gentrification and just the changes of the demographics locally. So we're, we're, we're seeing those changes and we're needing to respond accordingly. In addition to said programs, right now, in fact, we are hosting our parent peer support group, which was a request from parents to create the safe space to be able to connect with other parents facing similar challenges. I'm privileged enough to where I have a full-time job. My wife has a full-time job. We're both able to work from home if we need to. And that's not the experience for all parents. We have access to, to funds and technology in my home. And again, that's not available to all parents. So it's opened up an amazing opportunity for folks to engage and be able to speak and really feel empowered. Like they have a measure of advocacy capacity to be able to speak to their different needs. In addition to that, our programs have been built up over the last couple of years around leadership formation and development of parents through a parent academy and a leadership program, really to strengthen that sense of agency for folks so that they know that their words have impact and and that they have inherent power in in the things that they want to see happening. What are some of the regularly seen challenges or concerns that members of the community bring to the VCRC? Well, they've been changing. Mm -hmm. Over the years, it started out strictly academic. Most parents were coming to us for their academic needs for their kiddos. Since the pandemic, we've seen a huge shift. We were fortunate enough to partner with the county and set up the first mobile vaccination clinic out here in Brentwood. So that was one initial response that folks asked of us. We vaccinated upwards of 100 plus people. So it was a great opportunity to begin that with the county. Folks have been speaking out to the financial challenges going on right now. Through philanthropy, one of our programs that is getting ready to finish, unfortunately, has been direct support assistance, where folks have been able to bring past due bills and we're able to support them through the distribution of a $300 gift card in the form of a Visa card that they can use to make other purchases so they can save their funds. Housing is one that is growing right now for us. 
some of the recent announcements of changes or potential changes to Brentwood Boulevard has a lot of people in the community nervous about where their home might be. And the lack of information that they've been receiving has been very concerning to them. These were folks that built Brentwood, the longstanding Campesino community work in the fields. It's kind of concerning, you know, that, that, that they don't get the appreciation, I think would be the appropriate word, with their current needs. So that's been growing. In addition, just the ongoing issue. You mentioned a large portion of our of our folks that we serve are Latino. There's a measure of these folks, in addition to our Latino community, that are undocumented. Mm-hmm. So wanting to connect for avenues to secure legal status, and they're all willing to, to participate in everything needed for their community. It's just unfortunate that they're not always able to because of the lack of language or the lack of legal status. Mm -hmm. So there's like a very big disconnect that's very, very hard to bridge that becomes a big concern for the community. It is because the general complaint, whether it be schools or or city politics, county politics, is that people don't want to get involved. And, And that's not true at all. It's just they don't know how to get involved. And when they do get involved, the resources aren't available to make them feel welcome. On an annual basis, how many individuals or families do you think that the VCRC works with? Oh, gosh, through all of our resources, all of our programs, we're in the thousands a year. Oh, wow. Our after-school academy serves anywhere between 100 to 150 students a year. Our John Muir Mobile Health Clinic, every Saturday for the three hours that they're there, Mm -hmm. they're, they're serving dozens of people every week. Our food distribution, which mm. is a newer program for us, is serving in the neighborhood of about 50 to 60 people on a weekly basis. That's that's down. We were serving about 150 folks mm. on a weekly basis. Or direct financial assistance, about a dozen people a month are applying to that. And just unfortunately, that program's ending. As the community's needs evolve, we are there to respond. Mm-hmm. And again, not everybody participates in all of our programs. Some pick and choose mm-hmm. where they want to navigate and get their support. And for some of them, it's just for a season. They're going through a hard time, a hard spot, and we're there just to support during that time of need. Mm-hmm. So the numbers potentially even bigger than, than you could even estimate because of the different people that apply oh, to different programs. Oh, definitely. And and there's even the indirect level of support, right? If we're providing grocery bags to people to feed them, well, it's not just the person that we're seeing that mm. we're feeding, it's the whole household that we're right. feeding. So the indirect support exponentially grows as well. We talked about the community concerns and the struggles that they face. What are some challenges that the VCRC faces as a nonprofit organization? Well, I I think one of the the saddest challenges is just the unknown, Mm. right? The uncertainty of things. Um, That is in, in and of itself something that is very, very difficult to plan for. There is a competitive nature within the nonprofit industry where we are competing with other nonprofits for grant work. Mm -hmm. So it's very challenging to go into a space like that when the end result is helping and supporting the community. Now, part of the difference where we see VCRC is in our relationships. Mm -hmm. Everything starts one relationship at a time. I mean, just my conversation with you has, has grown and a relationship has developed there. And Every bit of what we do starts like that. Mm. We never claim to be experts at what we do, but we do claim to connect the resources necessary to support any general need. So that is an ongoing struggle. And just bringing a voice to it is an ongoing struggle as well. A lot of times it's it's easy to connect and, and want to support folks when, when you see what's going on. 
But there's a lot of work that happens on the back end that folks don't always get to see, and it's important to bring a voice to it. So I'm really grateful for this opportunity to be able to share. Absolutely. So so it seems like awareness and kind of donations and participation is just some of the biggest things that the BCRC kind of needs. Yeah, that is huge. I mean, this year and last year, because of the pandemic, we saw a huge need for technology. So mm. we were able to connect donors, bringing in used computers, recent, lightly, gently used, I guess would be the, the better term. And we refurbished them and we were able to repackage them and provide them to communities. So the needs are evolving. And, and as those needs come up, we're connecting with as many people as possible to share. You know, you talked a little bit about technology and how technology impacted like kids say you needed to, you know, do school from home. How did the pandemic affect the VCRC in terms of programs or participation or other factors? This was hard for us because, as as you know, with with your time with VCRC, we were very much front facing. We were mm, very much let's sit very down, let's, interpersonal. That's exactly it. Let's let's break bread. Let's let's have a cup of coffee. Let's get mm. to know each other, and and our community is that type of a community as well. So. That is an inherent challenge because mm-hmm. of what we're going through right now. You know, thank God we were able to support a ton of folks, whether it be through testing or through just vaccinations, where we're able to bring that back to VCRC. Mm-hmm. Like I shared right now, we're hosting a parent peer support group at the same time that we're well, that you and I are speaking. And we went back to that recently. We experienced a number of challenges with folks in that. Number one, there was a fear of technology. Mm. So just the idea and comfort level of using computers Number two, the accessibility to technology. So, you know, super grateful to, to the local school districts for connecting computers to their kids. But this didn't mean really too much in the way of parents being able to connect virtually. Mm-hmm. And then just finally, just being able to create a, a virtual presence. It is challenging, especially when you are not known for that virtual presence. Um, so we've really seen an expansion of our website and our social media presence through Facebook and through our uh, Instagram and, and Twitter mm-hmm. feeds. And we're just trying to provide uh, a number of avenues for folks to connect. And And even then, with all the technology, there are still rural places in, in Brentwood, in Oakley, in Antioch, in Byron, where there is no internet access. Mm. So as much as we might want to connect... The services aren't there. Thank God through philanthropy, again, we were able to connect uh, portable internet cards and, you know, just trying to find every Mm -hmm. possible way to be able to support the community. Right, to kind of just like uplift them and give them that same level of access as other people who might be a little bit more fortunate. That's exactly it. I transpose that word fortunate with privilege, right? We Mm -hmm. we don't often think of the privileges that we have. Like the privilege of the internet. That's exactly it. You know, I, I remember growing up with dial-up, you know, and, and there are folks that wish they could get to dial-up mm, just to be able to connect. That whistling sound of the computer as it starts. That's, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. What are some of the positive changes that you have seen being made through the efforts of the VCRC? Well, I think the most important part is providing hope. And mm-hmm. hope goes a long way for folks that have been moved, whether it be through gentrification or just the, the homegrown violence of, of their home countries, to be able to provide a safe space for people to connect in and to find a sense of belonging and a sense of community, it's huge. You know, uh, I, I think you, you phrased it so well. It, it's easy for me to be able to focus on all the problems and all the issues that exist. And that's the burden that I have to carry. Mm. It's also implicit on me to make sure that my community does not feel that burden, that Mm. that it is as pleasant as possible for our kids so that they can get some semblance of 
equity mm. as their more affluent counterparts have. And, you know, we've been very fortunate to create a space that's welcoming, that's inviting, that's engaging, a place where you can come, you can shed a tear and you, you can have a cup of coffee right mm. after to just be able to speak with one another. Mm. So it, it's really this beacon of hope that, mm. that exists in the community. And, you know, I, th I think there are a lot of folks that remember the old village drive days. And yes, you know, that is a history of what VCRC was, but people have moved, people have expanded. And it's always good to know that folks can come back to the place that they grew up in and, and know that it still exists and, and be able to give back. I mean, I think today I'm going to be hosting a, a couple of teenagers from uh, Liberty High School wanting to intern. Mm. So these are some amazing opportunities for these kiddos to, to see what's going on in their community, but also to make a difference. Mm. Folks like to be able to engage in knowing that their, their actions, their contributions mean something. And Spend a day at VCRC and you'll see how much all your all your support really means. Yeah. Talking about the kids and interning, when it comes to the kids programs, do you ever have kids that come back to volunteer or work at the VCRC after they've graduated? So we do. Uh, we were fortunate enough to host a couple of staff members that I got to work with. Mm -hmm. So Ceci and, and Liliana Barraza, a pair of twin sisters that grew up just right up the street from Village. They were former students. I remember my, my first few weeks when I started at the center a few years ago, I, I came across this photo collage of these different families with their kids, and they were one of those first families at VCRC. Mm. So it was so rewarding to be able to see them as little ones and then see how they were able to give back and support and really understand the need for a place like VCRC in supporting other kids in need. So it kind of creates just this this cycle of just growth for people where they're in the program and then they can come back and they can help other kids who are entering into the program. That's that's very much it. You know, this this synergy just kind of creates and and we hope to expand that, right? Because there are folks that can connect with us for a season and that's great. And it's good to know that they can come back and reconnect with us. I, I know one of our current board members, Miss Gabby Castro, volunteered with VCRC so many years ago when she first came out to these parts of Brentwood. To fast forward and see her now on our board, mm. it, it just goes to show the type of impact that volunteers can make, not just for a moment, but really in Gabby's case now, on the long term. The last question that I have for you is, what are some of the best ways that members of the community can help the VCRC? That's a great question. It's really, <laughs> it's really loaded, right, in terms of the responses that You're I like, can give you. You're like, there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Understanding that the need is not just seasonal for mm. folks. This is an ongoing need. We, we would wish and we would hope that there were enough county and city resources to go around so that folks... You know, so that nonprofits wouldn't exist, so that all this stuff was just there all the time for people to access. But the holiday season is, is a great time coming up right now. There are a lot of folks that are going to be participating through Willie's Bagels, the Giving Tree, an amazing, amazing partnership that we have with them. So there are folks that are going to be connecting there to be able to support the VCRC kids. Some of these kids, this will be the only Christmas present that they're going to receive. So that goes a long way for a parent to, to be able to breathe easy. Gently used technology is something that's big for us right now. Being able to connect gently used items with, with folks in that way. Also, just a reminder that we are not a Salvation Army. We are not a Goodwill. 
a lot of folks tend to think that we will take any donation, any used items, and that's just not the case. We, we just don't have the, the infrastructure in place to connect some of those items. So it sticks to technology. And then our food distribution, putting warm meals in, in people's bellies with shelf-stable produce, canned goods, and things like that, it goes a long way to be able to support Super grateful to the grocery outlet that just opened up down the street on Brentwood Boulevard. They just donated 100 loaves of bread to our community. So just an ongoing reminder. And if you're in doubt of what to give or how to give, just really your financial support, your financial contributions go a long way to be able to support everything from activities for children to uh, learning seminars for parents to be able to better support their community as well. So there's there's a number of ways. I like to think that if people have a specific way that they'd like to help, they can always connect with me, jose at vcrcbrentwoodca.org, and we find ways. The whole internship at Liberty, that's something new for us. It just came on the scope of my vision within the last few weeks, and we didn't plan on having interns, but hey, we have folks that want to support. Let's figure out ways that they can support. So just connecting with me and connecting with our program in general, 925-626-7892, vcrcbrentwoodca.org for our website. There's a number of ways to connect. That's really wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much, and thank you for sharing a little bit of our story. That's it for today's episode of Clocked In with the Press. I appreciate all of you who took the time to tune in, and I look forward to sharing more stories of the community with you next week. What were your thoughts on today's episode? How do you think you can get involved in the community? Let us know what your answer is on Twitter or Instagram at PressClockedIn or on Facebook at ThePress.net. You can also stay updated on the latest happenings in East Contra Costa County at www.thepress.net. Once more, I thank you for your time, and I will see you next week. This is your host, Caitlin Gleason, clocking out.